Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Uh, speaking of painless and no promises, we're back, guys. Hey. Um, it's one hell of a day. So as you, I guess... I'm laughing because I know we talked about it at Ad Color and maybe a little bit at Hear All the Black People, but all these people around at all at like one time really does something to like my energy. So yeah. I'm like, it's like I've had several coffees, but I've only had half. So I'm on ten. Shout out to being on ten. Um, I as well. I feel like the Energizer Bunny just keep going, that, and going, right. and going and going and going and going and going. It and was then, six a.m. Yeah. and now it's three p.m. <laughs> and I don't know where the time went. Um, but with that, this is great because we get more interviews in on the show today. Um, I'd like to welcome our next guest, Mr. Jason. It's Carmel, right? Carmel. Not Carmel. Yeah. We not do. Caramel. Not Caramel. No. Not Carmel. If you, kids Carmel. can be cruel. Kids okay. Be, right. So growing, I got everything growing up that you could get. I, I, and you know, I don't mean to be no, that person. I know, and I know. sometimes yeah. I am. That's why I ask first because I'd hate to be I, I, that I am, person. I am grateful. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank I, you. I'm really trying to back away from like my bully days. Like it's just it's just unfortunate. I'm a better person for it. So And welcome. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank yeah, you so much. You. So so this is actually really important to us just to give you a little bit of background. When we started the show however the hell long ago, uh, mid to mid 2016, April 20 oh, yeah, March. We recorded in March of 2016. Our ah. goal was to have the opportunity as um, mid-level agency workers to have the opportunity to speak directly to people in the C-suite, people that we felt could actually uh, affect change, cultural change at agencies. Um, we had no idea how to do that. We had no connections on how to do that. Um, but we just knew that that is something that we needed to speak truth to power, for lack of a better phrase. And we knew that we can't make change on our own. There has to be some sort of simultaneous um, activation between the boots on the ground and leadership from above. So it's super, super, super exciting for us to have you on the show with us today as the chief data officer that's me yeah. like you're like like you're like the data I'm, guy yeah, i'm the yeah you're yeah, the I'm master the, of all spreadsheets well uh, something like that <laughs> I, uh yes so this is important so really like i know we said thank you earlier but it it does mean a lot for us to have uh somebody at your level somebody with your experience on the show to speak to little old us no, i don't i don't view either any of you as little old you i think the the stuff that you guys are doing is in, insanely uh, amazing uh, and from a like from I, I think any, anybody from the C-suite would look at, at you know, sort of the podcast and the topics that you guys confront um, even in, even if you think <laughs> you are uh, mid-level workers at an agency <laughs> and they would say yeah you're gonna no, it's gonna shift it's gonna shift stuff it moves <laughs> I, I, I really do believe that so uh, so thank I should you. thank you Oh man, you know it's just a whole. It's, it's a lot of gratitude. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like it's, it's just really warm and fuzzy. Yeah, do you smell I that? I smell the gratitude. <laughs> it smells good. I receive it. it smells good. Thank you. <laughs> so 
do us a favor because I mean, if you ask if you ask Sonia, that's my mother, um, about advertising, she'll tell you that people just make up their jobs. So, so tradition, like, what does it mean to be the the chief data officer? Like, what do you do? Your mother is so wise, isn't she? Yes. Uh, so I'm shady the, too, y- yeah, but yeah, well, definitely wise. Can it, be, it can be both. I uh, so I'm the the chief data officer. So um, my uh, my. And I work at a creative agency. I work at, a, at Possible. And so my job is, um, it's, it's kind of a struggle to explain my job. Uh, That's why she says they, we make it I, up. I know, because a lot of people uh, sort of, they um, encapsulate it in measuring things. And yet, like, we do that. We, we do measure things. But, um, like, if you're, uh, I always joke, if you're a reasonably savvy 11-year-old with a Google Analytics login, <laughs> like, you can measure things. It, it, that, that's not a big thing anymore. What, what my job is to find data and uh, sort of um, mathematical truths that help make our creative better. Like at the end of the day, we, I work at a creative agency and the uh, ideas are our currency. And so my job as chief data officer isn't to fix things or, to, um, uh, or anything like that, but it's to, uh, it's to help kind of bulletproof ideas and then to help find, make those ideas find the right people. Um, so you know, all of the targeting stuff falls into my camp too. Um, and so I have about um, 50 analysts uh, around the, the country who sit in my group doing that for all the creative and strategy teams who, you know, build the stuff. What's the, um, just from my experience working on teams, like, and I call them full teams because we've had people from just about every uh, every discipline, including data and analytics, what are the challenges um, that you've encountered trying to marry data with creativity? Because some would say that, oh, it, it, it stifles creativity. If you're like me, I'm like, you're tripping. We need to get these people. We need to sell in these ideas and whatever quantitative and qualitative information we have, let's use it. What, what, what's been your experience? Yeah, no, I mean, there's a, I think a lot of people are nervous around data just because a lot of people are nervous around math. Uh, yes. Just all up. This is a like, fact. And it's, and it's such a fiction. Like, everybody who says they're bad at math, I was like, no, you just had a bad teacher. I like, did. Several. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, and, and I get it. I, I really do. But the, um, and I'm, I'm sympathetic to it, but I think a lot of the creative, the most creative uh, people at, at my agency love it because the, the whole idea is to make the idea bulletproof. It's to, because yeah. um, a lot of times as a creative person you come up with an idea that is dangerous a little bit right it's a little scandalous that's the point yeah exactly right (laughs) i mean you know like any jackass can make a banner ad but you want to come up with something that's gonna like um change the world like you know the colin kaepernick ad was not something that uh was done just on a whim well you know what we should do guys after lunch (laughs) is uh, like that that, like um like somebody had to run the numbers and somebody had to to show that this idea is shocking but it's a truth and it's Mm. a truth that's going to connect the people and so it's my uh, so that's that's um uh that's what i like to do that's what's fun and also like you know i I just like working with creative people and the agency and agency world is just ripe with it it's it's fantastic so so to that to that point when you're thinking about um i guess when creatives come to the table with these daring provocative ideas how should they engage analysts um and people who work with data to make sure that those ideas don't get thrown away 
Um, because like, again, with the Colin Kaepernick, it's like the data was there because it shows that people of color and anyone who identifies as an, as an ally was in line with him, but it was still a provocative idea and people were burning their Nike sneakers. So like, how do you- yeah, some <laughs> Sounds some, successful to yeah. me, I don't know. Some, some of them are still wearing them. Did you, you see that? I did see that, I you was, know? I was like, and I feel like, like, good. All right, like, you, like, if I that's guess, what you wanted to do, I, you I deserve suppose, that. like, if that, uh, but yeah, no, uh, that's, um, uh, we still struggle, not struggle with it, but it's always a learning process. Like, we're not perfect at it, but the, the, the idea is, um, I, I never, uh, uh, most creatives are natively uh, risque and, and they look for the exciting and, uh, and stuff. And so the, where it works best, I think, is when they come early um, to the data team and say, you know what, I was thinking about this. Mm. Can you, like, and they- Isn't they, everybody they, like I, when the creatives yeah, come to you first? Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> well, well, what I, like, all I want is for somebody to write something kind of down on a piece of paper and sort of slide that piece of paper over to me and say, well, and say what can you get from me on that? And then get and then we'll go to work and either we'll get something for you or we'll tell you one thing that you should tweak that that'll make it work like like I feel like it's that's oversimplifying a little bit but I don't know that it has to be so complicated. That complex. Yeah, I agree. Um, you're a data hustler. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, slanging data I will, to everybody will, in will, these streets. I will, I will take that. Thank you. I'm gonna share that with everybody on my team. You gotta put it on your LinkedIn now. That's like that's real you shit. Gotta, you gotta slide if, a little if, piece if, you, if, if you endorse me for that, I will put it right up there. Chief data officer, forget it. I am a data hustler. <laughs> You probably get more people trying to get into whatever rotational program. <laughs> well, what's what's going on with that data stuff? <laughs> so just just to change the conversation slightly, though, you actually did. Well, maybe you did, but according to your bio, you didn't necessarily come from math or advertising. You came out of you came out of law. I did. Yes, it's which weird. is like extremely weird. But then I'm like, maybe not really, because like. I mean, I don't know. I've watched enough House of Cards and Scandal to just feel like everything's a numbers game when it comes to law and or politics. So what has been, like, tell us your story. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, it's a weird one. The um, So I, yeah, all of the, the sort of math or, or analytics stuff that I do is, is self-taught. I was a lawyer for uh, a brief, lamentable period of time. Uh, I, uh, um, no, the, the type of law that so it was, was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh man. No, it was, it was fine. Like the, and the law school experience and the getting the law degree was, is useful. Um, in that the, a lot of the stuff that I do, um, with data is to make an argument mm -hmm. and it's gotta be an argument that builds on top. It's, so it's, there's a lot of, um, uh, grabbing for the, the stuff, the, the law that I, I, I studied was, I don't know what you would call it, but it was like, it was like do good stuff. It was white knight, uh, um, uh, political asylum cases. It was, uh, I did a couple of death penalty appeal stuff in a, at, at a clinic. Uh, and it was, uh, um, and it was all, and I think at the end of the day, I was a mediocre lawyer. They, um, so at the end of the day, I, I um, had to make a choice and I got a, um, I got an invitation to do, this was during the first dot-com boom, um, to go out and um, start up a company with a, a, a friend of mine who had some venture capital access and so I did that and the um, it wasn't the main output of the idea but a byproduct of the idea that we had was a lot of data mm -hmm. and I was the only non-engineer on the team and I kept asking our engineers about the data 
and they kept getting really annoyed because they were building everything. <laughs> right. And so, like. that, so it got to a point where the, the head DB guy gave me a ghost of the database, and then he literally gave me uh, a, um, a sequel for Dummies book. It was, it was actually, and he said, figure it out. Uh, and so that began my long journey to fair to enough. Yeah. That's how a lot of careers start. Yeah, I know. With and, a, something or other for dummies books. So. Yeah, and, and like I, and so you know, for all of you out there in in listener land, like I had zero professional training on this, zero school degrees, and so there are a lot. I, I mean, there are a lot of agencies that won't hire. I don't know a lot of agencies, but there are a lot of folks who won't hire a, a data person who mm-hmm. didn't get an engineering degree or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, send them to me. Like, that's good I, to yeah. know. That's actually, you've heard it first. Uh, <laughs> if like, this is your thing, yeah, but look, you're not profe- or look, traditionally like, trained, yeah, just we'll, do we'll, it. we'll look for it. one of the best analysts I, I ever hired uh, was a woman who was a um, who ran the, a QA department. Like she tested stuff. She had yeah, no analytics background a, at all, and uh, sh- now she's a now she's a VP. At a, at a different agency, and she's literally one of the best I've ever worked with. So um, send them to me. If, Amazing. If, if you don't want them. You're I'll, the data uh, hustler. I'll, I'll, I, will, I will put them to work. We will hustle together. Um, I like the work that you were doing at Possible, how you used aggregated data to for hate speech. And what I like about aggregate data is finding, using a story, creating that. How did clients receive that project? And another question I have is, do you think we could use the same model, especially for things like gun control and what's been happening in the news lately with like shootings and things like that? I, I, yeah, so that's a hard question. That's, uh, do we have, how many hours do we have together? Uh, Just enough you, for you to solve all the problems. Fantastic. That's it. All right, well then, Lynn, then let me take my sweater off and we'll, we'll get started. Right. Uh, no, the. Um, so we counter hate that was just this um, the uh, program we started it actually started uh, when a colleague of mine at the the agency was really sad about a year ago and it was after the Charlottesville mm-hmm. um, stuff and he was reading all of this junk about um, what people were saying and and uh, hate speech yeah those and, comments boy I know insane they will get you um, yeah, yeah uh, a lot of times when I'm presenting we counter hate for like the first three minutes I will just click through mm-hmm. some of the the stuff people say and just in complete silence just to remind people that this is 2018 and people yeah. are still saying junk like that mm-hmm. so and they're getting likes and retweets and they're getting likes and retweets it's a, it's a it's amazing it's uh, horrifying um, and so he uh, came to me this is a great example of um, kind of you know slide that idea across the table and let me see if I can help and he was like hey I have this he's like I read about this town in Germany um, and they had neo-nazis march through it every year mm-hmm. um, and the town didn't like the neo-nazis um, they were always super bummed, and they didn't know how to react to these uh-huh. jackasses walking through their town. Um, and so one of them had this amazing idea. They're like, you know what we're going to do is we're going to sponsor a walkathon. And for every meter that the neo-Nazis walked, um, they would donate money to an organization that funded anti-hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the Nazis showed up and typically expected people to counter-protest and make them angry, um, the entire town supported them. They like set up water stations and gave them bananas. Keep going, uh, yeah, uh, keep um, going. They, they, they basically punked the entire uh, neo-Nazi um, uh, program, and it was amazing. And so my friend uh, at the, the agency, he was, he said, um, can we, he's like, I want to do this for for Twitter. Every time a piece of hate speech comes through, I, I want us to to go in and 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 counter it and and donate that to a, a nonprofit that fights for diversity. And I'm like, that's that's brilliant, but we can't do that. 
um, because <laughs> because there are uh, because there's 16 million uh, hate tweets a year. It's one every other second. So wow. hate speech, hate speech, hate speech. Mm -hmm. There's no way we can keep up keep up with that. So um, let's build an AI to do it. Let's build a machine, um, and that's where this whole thing started. So we built the machine, and we did this um, kind of of our own volition. It was in um, the agency was super supportive, but we didn't have a client for it. And we actually went out and found uh, a nonprofit to partner with, They're, uh, the guys at Life After Hate, um, uh, and use it as sort of a, a funding tool for them, um, which is which is great. But the the idea of something like that, I mean, I think we've seen that in the last election, you saw how yeah. social media can be used for um, uh, less progressive yeah. things, yeah. Um, and to game the system in such the wrong way. So I think. As a data person and a, who works at a creative agency, I think we need to get creative about how we use data to mm -hmm. do the right thing as opposed to uh, protect against the wrong thing. Yeah. And like we can, I think we can. We just need the, a little bit of will mm -hmm. to do it. I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I think part of what I think um, makes us or, or forces us to come back to these conversations about DNI and how do we solve for microaggressions and oppression and um, non-inclusive environments is that we need to get more people to the table than we probably thought we needed. So where uh, a lot of the focus is on HR to solve diversity, if you will, which is a huge problem with many different facets that probably no one on their own could solve. Let's consider bringing more data folks to the table. Let's consider bringing more creatives to the table. Let's bring strategists to the table. And I think this is a great example of how, to your point, like data can actually help counter there's negative shit. The back shit. There's I think there is. Like we, we could do our, I, I always laugh. Uh, I always laugh at um, uh, because the inclusion makes so much sense for a data person. Um, if you uh, if you think about it, even if you don't agree that there is goodness that results, and even if you look at it purely selfishly, um, over-indexing on a population that has historically been underrepresented is just really good for competitive business. Right. If my colleague, if my peers at a different agency are only looking at uh, um, white men who graduate from university, then I get everyone else. And, mm -hmm. and as long as you... Uh, believe in the truth that um, that there's great talent everywhere. Then I'm like, uh, then I win. I win every time. Amazing. Yeah. I, I think like every time we have these diversity and inclusion conversations, they're like, show us the numbers, show us the numbers. Now we can be like, call the data hustler. That's right. <laughs> call me. Yeah. One eight hundred data hustler. Yeah. I might I might need to start my own podcast now. You've inspired I me. I love it. We'll, we'll help you. I mean, I, I may create a logo for you. I'm actually really inspired to create a logo for you. Uh, I, will, I will take that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jason. And guys, we'll be back with more interviews. Keep listening. Later. Thanks. Thanks.